Nashville-based singer-songwriter Jeremy Ivey has been recording and touring for the last 10 years. He and his wife Margot Price have been collaborating on various projects in that time. Jeremy signed with Anti Records and recently released his second album with that label. It's an aptly named album called Waiting Out the Storm, a reference to the tumultuous year we all just endured. His music reminds me of various artists, including Bob Dylan, Elliot Smith, and Tom Petty. His songwriting has a unique style reminiscent of beat poets like Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg. We talked about his new album, musical influences, and future projects coming up. I hope you dig it. How's it going, Will? I'm doing good, man. So the, the, the name of the album um, is called Waiting Out the Storm, and it came out in October. Um, the title seems very timely to what we've all been experiencing in 2020, and I was wondering if you could uh, talk about the, the choice of the, the title for the album. Yeah, I kind of, um, I didn't have the title for a while. I usually have a, a working title, but the one that I was going to use was already used by a couple of people. So it was kind of a last minute thing. I had to think of something and uh, that just phrase kind of popped in my head. Um, yeah, and I, then I, I, I ran it by the wife and she liked it. And so just kind of went with it and didn't, didn't overthink it. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely has pertains to the last year and what we've been going through. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of storms happening around the country. That's for sure. So, yeah. So uh, so speaking of your wife, the, the album was produced by by Margot Price, and um, I was interested in, in how often you guys work together in in that sort of a context. Well, on, on each other's stuff, kind of constantly. I mean, um, I've I've produced a couple of hers, um, not specifically solely by myself, but. Uh, there is one that that I did of hers that never that got shelved and never put out that I produced. Uh, she's always kind of helped. I don't know. It's like a it's a constant thing. We're always writing together. We're always giving each other ideas. Um, it's a natural thing, and uh, I think I'm probably gonna have to move on at some point from her producing my records. She says after the third album, you have to shoot your producer. So hopefully, it won't come to that. You know. Right. <laughs> I've heard that though. That the idea of. Um wanting to, to work with someone new to keep ideas fresh and whatnot. I, I, I can see that making sense for people. Yeah, but I absolutely love working with her because it's, um, I can be myself and I don't have to, you know, be embarrassed of anything. Right. Right. So the song uh, Tomorrow People is, uh, it's kind of an interesting sort of protest song. It, it critiques the present uh, uh, by asking questions to people in the future, um, dealing with the consequences of our actions. And I was wondering if you could talk about that song a little bit and what you're shooting for with that one. Yeah, um, it all it all got started with me seeing a, a title of a book that was called Tomorrow People. It's an old uh, 60s sci-fi um, paperback in a, in a thrift store and I, I didn't crack the book or read it. I just immediately had the idea of, uh, that I wanted that to be the point of the song, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wrote it really fast and, uh, the best songs happen, you know, my friend said, you write the best songs are, you know, four minute songs you wrote in three minutes. Um, right. and that one is one of those very quickly, you know, uh, maybe I had all that pinned up for a while, you know, who knows, but, yeah, like it was waiting for a title to come along or something like that. Yeah, sometimes you just see something and it, it spurs a thought or feeling, you know? Right. 
Well, an- another song on there that's that's really socially conscious is uh, "Someone Else's Problem," and um, you, you hit on all kinds of uh, issues on that one. But it was it was interesting that I I, I don't really see people um, taking that angle on songs um, very often. And uh, I was just wondering uh, if you could tell us your, your your thoughts about that song. Yeah, I don't think that people um, take a a thought and kind of take a microscope to it. You know. Um, we have passing thoughts all the time that we could elaborate on, and especially songwriters. And uh, sometimes it seems like, oh, that's going to take too long, and no one's going to have the patience for it. But I find um, that I have I have the patience for it to to write it. So why wouldn't people have the patience to listen to it? You know, right. um, that one was written quickly too. But yeah, it, it definitely a lot of stuff on my mind, and and Margot helped me write it. A lot of stuff on her mind at the time, and. Um, like I said, I've, I've got to the point where I'm, I'm no longer afraid of going past the six-minute mark of the song if, if it's if it's worth it. You know, if there's something to say there. Um, I think that I don't know. I don't know why people don't write songs like that anymore, but they used to. You know, right? Yeah. Um, well, that song and and a couple other things too were, were kind of reminiscent of beat poetry um, to me. Just the the kind of flow of it and and the 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 feel and vibe of it and i was wondering if you if, if you read a lot of beat poetry if, if that's something that you're really into well you, you pegged me but will uh yeah I, I was a big um you know chunky um to quote a, a burrows book but uh mm-hmm. yeah when i was in my 20s and 30s and i still do uh still go back to the poetry a lot um things like mexico city blues by kerouac and Desolation Angels, and of course, like all the great American uh, Ginsburg poetry, and uh, that yeah, that definitely affected me. I was kind of a loner growing up, uh, and that's what I did was I read a lot, you know. Right. Yeah, and then the, the um, like a song like um, "Hands Down in Your Pocket" um, it had kind of like it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, highway 61 revisited uh from bob dylan and obviously you know, he's hugely influenced by the beats and all that and um yeah they, it kind of seems to, to to come together on that song quite a bit yeah i, was def- I mean i'm always influenced by dylan i think i let it show a little bit more on the record um purposely because uh, i just think there's something that comes across when you have that that kind of uh lyrical uh content and then just a wild and insane uh rock and roll band going crazy i think those two things go together well and i happen to play a lot of harmonica so i figured why not just go ahead and put all the you know expose my influence (laughs) right but i i got into um that cutting edge um i hadn't been listening to a lot of 60s in a long time and i i I got that uh bootleg the cutting edge that all the mid-60s outtakes from those three records right yeah when i first heard um uh hands down in your pockets um the song that came to mind was tombstone blues that had that like kind of wild electric sound to it you know and um really oh, vibrant yeah. sound. i love that i love that song that's a good one i wanted to ask you another about about another influence um that i that i heard um and that's uh, on the song movies I, I thought a lot about um elliot smith um and i'm, I'm interested if you're if, if you're into elliot smith's music or his catalog at all yeah uh Actually, you know, when I first started uh, kind of gigging a little bit, I used to go play this. I lived in Texas at the time. I played this uh, all-night coffee shop, and I would I would do at least my songs was kind of my, my bag, you know. I uh, I got I got into him, I got into his 
I mean, everything. He's he was a, a genius in his own right, but his guitar playing and uh, his choice of melody and uh, even his lyrics to an extent, you know, um, which I I don't really write like him lyrically, but um, yeah, he was he was huge when I was you know early early twenties and playing uh, in empty rooms. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love Elliot Smith. That's good. Well, the um, our artists are putting put in this weird position during the pandemic, and no shows and no touring and everything. And and, and I've been observing artists um, when they release stuff, trying to to connect with fans in in these um, creative ways. And um, I was just wondering with with, with this album, um, w- what are some ways that you're trying to connect with with fans and whatnot, and, and putting it out in such a a strange year and a strange time. Well, um, you know, I, I've I've seen my band a handful of times over the year year i think just maybe twice and uh we did a, a thing at the at the this bar in nashville called the five spot uh that was really the only time i played with him since all this happened um we're trying to be safe you know it's like um covid cases are crazy all over country they're really bad in in nashville and uh, the area that we live in so um, i don't, unfortunately don't get to see him very much i'm i'm gonna be doing a a little like live stream thing um, on the 4th of January um, at the five spot, but I'm doing it by myself, so it'll mm-hmm. just be me and a guitar. I, I really miss playing with him. I wish I wish I could be on the road with him, you know, and hopefully that'll happen at some point. Yeah, for sure. We miss, we miss seeing all you guys out there. I'm, I've never gone this long since I've been an adult without seeing a show. It's weird. I know. Um, well, you know, my wife and her band were practicing at the house before they did their Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bowl live stream, and uh, I would set up a chair and watch them, you know, outside at our, you know, backyard. <laughs> right. That's a, that's the only show I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It last pretty good though. Last good night, show. last night in my uh, in, in my hometown in downtown, I was I was downtown area, and they've been doing. There's a, a arts group that's been towing a trailer around and um, playing uh, live music, socially distanced um, to people. And uh, they did some Christmas caroling. Yeah. And I, I heard the, the, the sound coming from a block or so away. And I was just like, Oh, that's live music. Like there's that, that sound of it. And it felt, it was just weird. You know, I was like, Oh, it, yeah. It was, and they drove by and it was super cool to, you know, kind of wave at them and whatnot. It was a fun little deal. Yeah. yeah it's like hearing the call of some mythical animal that you right. used to believe in, you know, <laughs> It's still real. I'm gonna say, you know, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, I'm, I'm just gonna keep chugging away at putting out a record a year. So maybe by the time that I end up actually touring again, I'll have another record coming out. <laughs> I can I can play both records, you know. Right. Have the whole set covered. I was gonna ask you about um, uh, projects coming up. So, um, you know, I mean, you got this album. You know, you're you're promoting it and all that. But um, are you, are you still um, writing songs? Are you thinking about going back in the studio? Maybe in 2021 at some point. Yeah, I've been uh, writing a lot. I've, um, I've been doing a lot of demos, uh, getting ready for third third record, and I'm planning on early next year uh, recording it. If I have to get the band all tested and quarantined, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it probably February. Or so okay, and then um, you know Margo's gonna record another record, so I'll be doing that with her too. That should be soon enough. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on far as songs go right whether you can play them for anyone or not you know <laughs> gonna record them right uh, it seems like the um the vaccines are coming out and um you know ho- 
I'm kind of hoping for summer, maybe fall of next year to start start slowly opening up shows again. Hopefully, yeah, it, it seems to be the the you know silver lining on the horizon. Um, yeah, they're saying around April, May at the latest that everyone should have them. You know, right? That'll be that'll be amazing if you know we can travel again. I, I really miss traveling. That's affected my writing too. You know, not being able to go anywhere. Right. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Just going anywhere. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, man. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Was there uh, anything else you wanted to, to throw out there before we wrap things up? Well, um, I mean, I don't. This is probably not going to air on today, but today's Tom Waits' birthday, so I was going to say happy birthday, Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, and you know, leave with a little quote that he coined, which is. Um, Champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. There you go. Awesome. That's a good place to end it. All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for connecting with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Thanks for playing my, my stuff. Are you high?